And we are live for the 50th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. Wow, we're at 50 episodes. How about that? Uh, I'm your host, Matt Luz Luigi. And tonight, it's G. What up, G? How's it going? It's going good, going good. Uh, Alex will be with us hopefully shortly. Uh, you know, his uh, his concept of time is, is a little bit off. Good old Alex, you know. We love him, but, you know, he just doesn't know how time works. Um. Well, we're coming to you. you know, it's August nineteenth. It's a Monday night. The Yankees are off tonight. It's like their first off day in like I think three weeks. Like they they just went on a brutal stretch. Um, they're headed out west uh, and they're matching Savages shirts. Uh, pretty sure everyone saw those. Those are pretty awesome. Got to get me one of those. But best record in baseball. Still a huge lead in the AL East. Uh, that magic number just keeps dwindling down. Team's still pretty hurt, but got, there was a lot of good injury news this week. Uh, that was something very surprising. We were so used to hearing such terrible uh, injury news that every update was just a setback or just an additional injury or a new discovery. Just, just a bunch of bad shit, you know. But, hey, this week we got a lot of good updates, right? We saw Seve throw off the mound at Yankee Stadium. You know, Dellen seems to be on the right track. Luke Voigt might start playing in rehab games. It's all happening. It's, you know, the playoffs are five, six weeks away. It's all happening. We're going to get into it. We're going to review the week that was, go over some important issues, but gee, what was what was your favorite moment of the week of this week of Yankees baseball? So, um, first off day for the Yankees since July 29th, so three solid weeks. <laughs> and they didn't have, like, you know, it's crazy, from the All-Star break, like, that July 29th, that was their first all, uh, off day since the All-Star break. So they went, like, two weeks off day, then, like, you know, almost three weeks. So they've been on a brutal stretch. And now, like, like I said, they're out west, so... Yeah, just some, and they they're winning almost every game. I think they're like sixteen and four in their last twenty. So you know, yeah, good. yeah. I mean, so we, I think we kind of mentioned it on one of the previous shows. Like August is really like one of those, maybe most of all of them, just like the blah like dog days, yeah, of the season. Like so, it's it's tough, but I mean, they had a stretch of three solid weeks. They pretty much beasted it, like. And um, we, it's to the point where we just expect them to win, you know, most of the series. Like, I saw a thing on Twitter yesterday that said, you know, the series that they lost at Yankee Stadium this year basically was the first three series of the season that they played at Yankee Stadium. And since then, they haven't lost a series. Mm-hmm. You know, they tied. They tied with the Indians this, like, you know, this weekend, right. which is fine. You know, Indians are a good team. But, like, they just don't lose series. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, gee, so it's 19 straight series without losing a home series. It was, like you said, it was the end of April, the last time they lost a home series. Just ridiculous. I mean, I mean, and like you, look, the Indians, man, the Indians, they like they were saying on yes, they showed the stat a few times. They have the best record in baseball since what the beginning of June was. I mean, they've been on fire, and I mean that's a team that, I mean, obviously, I think you'd rather face the Indians than the Astros if you had to pick, but. I mean, I'm not looking forward to facing that Indians team in the postseason. That's a damn good team with a damn good starting rotation. Not the best bullpen, but that starting rotation is really good. And that lineup is, you know, with Lindor and all the, you know, Ramirez, Santana's having like a career year. They got some young bats. Like, that's a damn good team, man. So, like, you know, the two losses to them, you know, we split. The two losses were ugly and the two wins were close, but they all count the same, right? They all, they all count the same. Um, the, to answer your actual question, first of all, I made a mistake already. August 
August 1st was their last. Oh, come on, G. Well, what is this? The day after the trade deadline, that's right. It was one of those weird days with two, uh, one Mm -hmm. of those weird days with two off days. To answer your actual question, my favorite part, my favorite moment, I guess if you want to, I'll call it a moment in quotes, was the four game sweep of the Red Sox, the first weekend of this morning, because you know, we had acknowledged in our own group chats, like, the Red Sox are a scary team. You still see flashes, like, their offense is pretty good. But, like, Red Sox came in to Yankee Stadium. You know, weekend set, they had plus a doubleheader with the makeup game. And they were still, I don't know, I guess close enough, right, where it was like, oh, well, if they win the series, you know, a couple games, they get hot, you know, they can maybe make a run, at least at the wild card. And the Yankees won, you know, they Red Sox showed up at Yankee Stadium and got swept. And they're like 17 games back now. So that was, you know, we even put the thing out on our, you know, the SpongeBob meet out on our, like on our Twitter account, like the Red Sox, you know, digging a grave kind of thing. Like that was the thing for the Yankees fans. I feel like that was like a nail in the coffin of the Red Sox. Gee, even, the- in, gee, even though I said this week, I'll allow it because that was just really the nail in the coffin for the Red Sox. And now, you know, not that we're a Red Sox podcast, but Chris Sale. Went to go see Dr. James Andrews today. He's not probably not going to need Tommy John, but he's probably out for the year. So not that he was out in a great year anyways, but, yeah, man, the Red Sox, what a nightmare year for them after winning a World Series, man. They're still still not out of it, and, you know, never say never. You never know. They could still grab a wild card spot, but it's looking pretty pretty bleak for them right now. But They are still the World Series champions, and you can't take it away. But no, you in terms can't. of like Absolutely a follow-up not. season, this is – a Pretty decidedly hard. Yeah, yeah. No, they they've been pre- like they've been pretty damn average just the whole season. You know, it's like they've really never gone on. Like they started the year off really cold. They you know they got back above five hundred. But man, it's it's been a rough year for them. Um, you know my my moment of the week was Glaber Torres just continuing. Like mine's not really a moment either. Just Glaber Torres continuing his dominance against Baltimore. So it was our last series against Baltimore. For, for the entire season. And what does Glaber do? Oh, well, you know, he just hits a few more homers against Baltimore. Just has a doubleheader. He's just hitting dingers left and right. Gary Thorne just just beside himself. Paul O'Neill going into the booth. Like, that was awesome, man. That that was just pure comedy. Uh, <laughs> like, what, what did he end up with? 13 home runs against Baltimore? Just insane. I think he was one sh- shy of, like, the all-time record. But, man, just... Glaber in general, just piggyback off that to talk about Glaber. Like, the dude leads that. Like, you know, look, a lot of people just have the argument, well, half his home runs against Baltimore if he took out against Baltimore. Look, man, every single team in baseball has a bad team in their division. Bad as the Orioles? Probably not. But every team has a bad team where you could beat up on. So, you know, why isn't every uh, good player hitting 13 home runs against the worst team in their division? You know what I mean? He's he's been just overall phenomenal this year. I think he has 29 home runs at this point. Like I said, leads all middle infielders in home runs. The dude's just been awesome. And oh, he's only 22. He doesn't turn 23 until December. I mean, the, the guy. He's. I hope he's a Yankee for a long time. I hope he's a Yankee for life because this guy is. He's, he's special. He really is. Uh, I think that's something. Well, that, he, I mean, he's he's got a good shot if he ends this year hot to have a forty home run season. I know the balls are juiced. I, I know everyone's hitting home runs left and right, but man, if you would have told me Glaber Torres would be hitting forty home runs a few years ago, I, I wouldn't believe you. I really wouldn't. I think that's something that I look at talked about more because you know it's been brought up. Like David Cohn mentioned it several times. Like, but you know the fact that he's only twenty two, like it really is like a franchise altering 
type of trade. You know, on a team that has like Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez and, you know, Chapman and all the, you know, whoever else, like, Glaber Torres is on his way to a 30 and 100 season as a 29 year, or as a 22 year old. Like, it's just silly, man. And, um, you know, I mean, he was a top prospect. Like, we all expected him to be good. You know, probably mm-hmm. was like a good eventually, but not this damn good and this fast. And, um, you know, last year we were a little down, maybe we we're a little kind of annoyed about like errors and things like that. And he's been moved around probably more this year because of DD missing. You know, he's been playing shortstop and he's just been so good. And I think generally speaking, when people say like, oh, if he took these out of the lineup, like, or if he took these out of his stats, like, you can't take him out. Everything yeah, it's not how it's not how it works. <laughs> you know, but you could apply that to any sport, like you know, like literally any sport, any player, any position. Well, it's like, well, this player scored five goals against that shitty team. Like, well, what do you want him to do? Score no goals? Like, it, you play who's in front of you, and it's not the it's not Glaber Torres' fault that the Baltimore Orioles have like the worst pitching in the history of baseball. They already <laughs> broke the record for most home runs given up in like the second week of August. Like, it's just incredible. They've been up like two hundred forty home runs this year. It's insane. Orioles are a, um, like, they're a 50-win team, you know. They're not the only 50-win team. There's a couple of 50-win teams in the league. And they were one last year, too, which is just, they're about to go oh, back sorry, to they're, back here. They're, they're a 40-win team. But, like, well, they're, they're going to be a 50-win team at the end of the year. Yeah, like, right. they're not the worst team in baseball. That distinction almost certainly belongs to the Tigers. Yeah, but, the Tigers. <laughs> um, they're not. And, and this Orioles team, mm. a very similar Orioles team, beat the Yankees a pretty annoying amount of times last year. So, I mean, say what you want about, like, you can take it out and he'll only have X amount. Like, it's just silly because at some point you just got to tip your cap, right? Like, he's just really, really good right now, and he's probably not going to get worse. He's just going to get better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, another guy we could just gush over, Gio Urshela. Um, I'm just going to read some of his stats because, obviously, you know, we we knew he was a great fielder. But the last 14 days, he's 25, 24, or 25 for 55. I had it right. With six homers and 15 RBIs. Um, he's hitting 432 with a 800 slugging percentage and over almost a 1300 OPS in his last 28 days. I mean, this dude's just been a machine. I mean, it's, if you listen, like our fans that listen to, uh, Sterling on the radio a lot, like Sterling and Susan, every single game, just, just boast and gush about Urshela and LeMahieu. It's so funny. I never get sick of it. They're just, they're amazed every time they get hit. They're just like, isn't, isn't this guy amazing? And like, it, it's true though. They, they, both these dudes are just absolutely incredible. And I mean, I mean, LeMahieu's kind of been doing it offensively, you know, throughout the year, but I mean, Urshela this past month, I mean, he's, he's been like Babe Ruth is this guy. It's just been, he's just been insane, man. Like eight home runs in the last 28 days. Uh, just he almost you know hitting 336 on the year, 575 slugging percentage, 951 OPS. Just it's just phenomenal, man. I, it's like obviously this is a discussion for another day, but he's just really making stuff kind of a little bit complicated for Andujar with you know he comes back healthy next year, right? You, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make some decisions. What you know good problems to have, but man, this. Guy came out of nowhere. He, he, you know, we got him last year at the tra- trade deadline, right, from the Indians. He was kind of just like a, thought it to be a minor league player. And, yeah, uh, he's now one of our best hitters. What, what, what do you know? And one of our best fielders. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a damn good problem to have. That's but, what I'm saying, man. It's like it's a problem, but it's a problem you love to have. Um, 
Gio Rochelle is just awesome, man. Like, you know, he's a fun guy, right? He's chill as hell. Like, he just looks like he's having fun. He's one of those good guys to have around. I mean, the fact that he plays gold glove defense certainly, you know, strikes a huge, huge difference from, from Andujar. As much as I love watching him hit the ball last year, like, I'm sure all the pitchers, CC included, mostly, <laughs> because Andujar was usually out of the game when CC was pitching, but like, you know, I'm sure it's just a load off, right? They don't call it the hot corner for nothing. And Gio Rochelle just made a, a hell of a lot of just great plays over there. And um whether or not he can, you know, sustain this or even some of this with the bat going forward, I, you know, who knows. But, like, it's an awesome problem for the Yankees to have, even if they didn't have a guy like LeMahieu or whoever else in-house with them. But, like, all the people who are saying, like, maybe you could trade Andujar a pitcher, like, Andujar, trade him for a pitcher, like, those people, you know, there's something to that right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, and I guess, I, you, Michelle, how many how many play appearances you need to, to qualify for a batting he, title? Because he, like, just, like, in the past week, he was qualified because, like, they showed the AL batting leaders, and it was him and DJ at the top, but, you know, right. two at the top. So, like, he, like he's just, like, right, you know, like he's just on the borderline. But if he keeps playing, then he should be, you know, he should be easily above it. But, yeah, he's he's pretty close. Um, Yeah, you know, good. it's, you know, batting average isn't, you know, as important, obviously, as a lot of other stats, but... Still nice to have two guys, you know, two of your players leading the AL batting average, right? Always good. Um, gee, uh, I guess let's get into what happened on um, Saturday when, man, you know, and it's such a shame because I would, I'd actually like to, you know, talk about uh, the actual game Saturday because Saturday was a really good game between, you know, between two great teams. It was six to four in the sixth inning. Everything's going good, right? Cameron Maben's at the plate. He's, he's working a nice at bat. And, you know, gets called out on a 3-2 pitch that's clearly off the plate. I mean, it, it's almost a foot off the plate. It's a terrible call. Um, and, man, it incited, it incited some sort of, <laughs> it incited some sort of, like, the funniest thing is obviously John Boy does all, like, the, you know, the, the lip-syncing, and the last time the Savage is in the box, you know, it was his video. He, you know, he goes on basically as the MLB package, and he just has the uh, announcers off and could hear the sounds better. Well, when this happened, he was at the game. So, like, you, you know, he had to scramble to get out of there, which I thought was funny as hell. But basically what happened is, you know, Cameron Maven's kind of talking shit from the dugout. All right, you know, Gardner's doing his bang on top. And, you know, umpire's just looking in the dugout, throws out Boone. And then, you know, Boone obviously comes out, starts arguing, you know, all right, defending his guy. And then all of a sudden, the first base umpire kind of gets up, throws out Gardner. And then he throws out the two umpires throughout three Yankees in the matter of a minute. It was unlike anything I've ever seen. It, it was all, it went viral. Well, the it, bench it was, coach, right? Didn't the bench coach get thrown out as well? I don't, I think they thought he did, but I, I'm not sure if he did, because I think he was still in the dugout after. I know, I know it was Boone, CeCe, and Gardy that for sure got thrown out and man, just I mean look man like like we were saying earlier the MLB's got a real umpire problem like th- this is it's like I I just can't remember a year 
where MLB umpires were this bad, you know, and just this Napo- like they just have Napoleon syndrome. That's like the only thing I could think of. These guys are just they have pro- like Alex. What what do you think of MLB umpires in t- the year of 2019? Oh, they're awful this year, and it just seems. One thing I've noticed is that there's a lot of newer guys that seem like they're trying to instigate a lot of things. Like one thing I remember is the I don't remember what his name was, but the new guy, um, the day Boone came out with all the savages stuff. Yeah, the the guy who got called up from the minors, right? Exactly. Yeah, he was new. It was like it was like one of his first games, and then he came in and was started off really low, really badly, and Boone let him have it. And it seems like there's a lot of umpires that are newer like that, that instead of, you know, just calling the game, it seems like they're trying to take control of the game and just basically they're doing whatever they want. Like Paul, so, like I think Paul O'Neill was saying when uh, that was going on, he's like, why is he looking in the dugout? Like, what are you doing looking in the dugout? Like, you're not supposed to be doing that. Your job is to call balls and strikes and to call the game. Like, like there's no rule in the dugout, or no rule in the rule book that says, "Oh, guys aren't allowed to, you know, talk or make noise in the dugout." Like guys do that all the time, especially after a bad call, especially after you know you just messed up a call because that pitch was well outside. And man, I like I, I just couldn't go. I said to myself while I was watching that, I said, "The MLB Umpires Association, the, the guy, you know, the guys back in New York, wherever the hell their office is, they must be watching that and saying." Oh my god, this is a nightmare. Yeah. Like this, this is a nightmare. Like what are, what are they doing? They just threw it like we have the first base umpire going over the Yankees and throwing out these guys. And you know like like I you know I, I referenced John Boy earlier cuz he's kind of, you know, he was the driving force behind the savages in the box, right? It was his video. I mean, like I love John Boy. I listen to Talking Yanks. Like I you know, I follow him on Twitter a lot. Great dude. Love John Boy. But I mean, I do think that the whole savages in the box thing and him in that video like these umpires, they, they saw that, and they didn't like it. You yeah. know, like, we were making, now we have the shirt savages in the box. Like, we're basically just belittling umpires, which I love. But, like, hey, man, we got targets on our backs now. Like, these mm-hmm. umpires, now now it's like, hey, man, if if we're getting, like, the shit end of calls in, like, crucial games, especially in the playoffs, like, man, it, it's... It's going to be that much harder. Because you've heard a lot of people with the Yankees saying that about John Boy's video saying, Hey, like, you know, we don't like this, like this show, you know, our guys now are getting like, you know, what if one of our players, you know, says something really terrible about an umpire and then it, John Boy gets it on his video and then that player gets fined or so, you know, something happens. Yeah. Like, that's what like, they're kind of worried about. He puts, it, blame he puts them. it on his shirt or something. Like yeah, that. Ex- exactly. And it's like, I look, man, that savage, it, it was, it's awesome. I love it. But, I mean, even Kay and Conan O'Neill said on that Sunday's game, the, the day after it happened, he said, you know, man, from up here, it looks like the Yankees aren't really getting a lot of 50-50 calls. Like, yeah. most of the questionable calls are going into it. And I'm like, yeah, no, no shit. Like, no, that's like the most obvious thing ever. We, we yeah. just, they just well, threw us out yesterday. in the booth, that, there's not much more they can say in that situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a little annoyed here. I mean, obviously, the, the blown calls... The fact that it's been happening all year, not even just for the Yankees, like there's a lot of blown calls happening. That's something that the, yeah. umpire, like, the umpires at least have to like acknowledge, right? If Aaron Boone went out there and said like, you know, what the fuck, you blew the call, and the umpire just said, hey, you know what, you're right, my bad, and that's it. You know, you yeah. might still be mad, but like, I think there's a balance here that's not, you know, it's kind of thrown off, right? The Yankees are mad because they are definitely getting hosed on some of these calls. And now the umpires are looking for it. They saw the video, definitely saw the video. The Yankees, 
Like, this thing is kind of becoming their thumbs down, right, from 2017. Right? Yeah. In the box, like, but. Well, and there was the thing yesterday, um, yeah, I think it was yesterday, where Judge hit the single and then did Gardner's, like, bat hitting the ceiling <laughs> thing. Yeah. And then let, he had to go out of Brett his way bang. to say to the umpire, like, that wasn't, I'm not coming after you. It's just, he's supporting Gardner with that. Like, let Brett bang. Yeah. That's, you know, the umpires, I think there, there's, there's, has to be, you know, it has to be figured out, right? Like, there has to be a scenario like, you know what? The umpires have the authority, right? You need to respect it, and the players should be able to, you know, air their grievances and still be like, you know what? You're the umpire. You're in charge. But the umpires can't just go looking for it, right? Why are you looking in the dugout? Why are you basically looking for a reason to start this argument. Why is the first base umpire, whether he's a crew chief or not, going over to the dugout and throwing out a player? Like, it's mm-hmm. silly. It's annoying, and it's shedding light on the whole umpire's, you know, season as a whole, and I guarantee you they don't want that light shed on them because they've had a really bad season. Like, really bad. Just, really bad. Like, like really bad. I, I, I think that I never remember it being this bad. It's better in the long run if they get the scrutiny now. And honestly, the other thing is that I think it's probably better that it was a young umpire as opposed yeah. to one of these obnoxious old guys, right? You know, the well, especially with one of the older guys, it you know that they're not going to change. Mm-hmm. If they're if they're doing stuff like Angel Hernandez, you know he's never going to change the way he's doing things. But like, one of the one of the guys that like this is their first year. Of one of the rookie umpires, he has a chance of maybe looking back on this season, and being like, "Okay, you know what? That was pretty bad. I gotta, I gotta work on that." Like you see more and more now, right? Especially in like a league like the NBA, right? Player empowerment, players using their voice and stuff like that. Like MLB, that umpire power has kind of gone unchecked or unquestioned for a lot of years, and now. You know, you have replay and have all these things, right? The players are mad about it, right? How do you, like, whether or not it's a consequential or bad really doesn't matter. Like, an umpire shouldn't consistently miss a pitch that's six inches off the plate. The umpires should not be the ones that are in control of the game. And and in a game like yesterday. They they shouldn't shouldn't be the reason why the game gets out of control. Exactly. I feel like that's what happens. The umpires should not be the reasons, like, teams win or lose. And sometimes that'll happen because, you know, it's baseball. That's going to happen at some point. But it shouldn't consistently happen. The fact that this is, like, the second time in, like, a three-week span that, or two-week span, really, that Guardy's gotten thrown out from the dugout is just incredible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but that banging on the top. Especially the top for the two things that happened. Like, the first time the umpire literally just assumed it was him. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday it was for him banging on the ceiling, which is something he's done. Bro, Maven just skating. Bro, Maven just skating, man. Like he tweeted yesterday, like, "Man, Guardy, I owe you dinner again." It's like, yeah, <laughs> he's been talking shit. So, like, the, my favorite part of that, uh, the John Boy's video, was just he, he zooms in on Maven and you just see him out. This motherfucker is so bad. <laughs> 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 really, man. Like you get called out on a pitch, like Maven got called out, and you just have to laugh oh, and yeah. be like, "Dude, that that pitch is a foot off the plate, man." It's not even like close. the first Gardner ejection. Honestly, was even more egregious because, like, oh, yeah. 
This weekend, you know, he was banging on the dugout, like, whether or not it's illegal, it still draws attention to the dugout, so, like, whatever. You know, the Yankees were upset, and they were complaining, and... G was happy Gardner got thrown out. just going to ask that. <laughs> the one in Toronto was worse, because, right, Gardner didn't say anything. The he didn't Empire, say anything at all. Here's, here's something. Looks in the dugout. And like, says, hey, you look guilty. Oh, Get out of here, Gardner. He's yeah. thrown out. Boone goes out, and this was another John Boy video, I think, right? He said something to the effect of, like, Oh, so and so said this, and Boone said what we believe he said. No, that was me. And so the umpire, instead of being like, "All right, you're thrown out," instead he just goes, "All right, get lost. You're thrown out too." Like, God, it didn't even do anything, and he stayed ejected. Yeah. Like, that's stupid. Yeah, exactly. Plus, they're so like thin skin now. Like, there's a lot of stuff that, they, like, a couple of years ago, people could get away with so much. Like, you look at old videos of Girardi; he would be screaming at the umpires, mm. and they would like be letting him scream and then they throw him out like he would actually have to say something that clicked in their heads for them to throw him out i will acknowledge i'll acknowledge that the initial i guess the initial thing with boone you know arguing balls and strikes that's always going to get you ejected yeah it is true everything after that is nonsense and that was on the umpires right yeah exactly they said that we basically got to confirm right there was no indication there was no directive from baseball that you know, banging on the dugout was illegal. Yeah. CC just barks, right? CC always gets ejected for CC shit like that. So always, that always happens with her. Like, but the that escalation of the situation was totally on the umpires. Mm. That's just that's just not necessary, and it ruins the game because you know, keep order for the game and all that. But like, you're not paying a hundred dollars to go to Yankee Stadium to see Phil Cuzzy and whoever the I don't even know the umpire's name. What was his name? Like. Well, you just said it to you, it's Phil Cousy. But he knows. <laughs> no, but look, it's so funny because Alex is going to get mad at me because I'm using another cross-sport reference. But, like, in like, – hey, no, he's already done it today, so he – Yeah, it's true. When there's, like, you know, when there's a big fight, right, and the referee gets too involved, like, that's what always the announcers will say. Like, oh, people came to see, like, Jay Nady tonight, I guess. You know, everyone's paying to see the ref. Like, that's what these umpires think. Like, oh, man, I bought a ticket today to see Phil Cousy call balls and strikes behind the plate. Like, oh, no, Phil Cousy's going to do that. teams are playing. I want to see yeah, man, I call like, like, Garrett. Like, oh, Domingo Herman on the mound? Well, I just I don't really care about him. I just want to see Phil Cuzzy call his pitch. I just, yeah. I just want to see Phil Cuzzy. It's the Phil Cuzzy show. But it, it's, the dugout was just inspiring. Oh, my God. Dude, like, it, just unbelievable, man. It, like I said, MLB's got a real umpire problem. I don't know what the hell they're going to do about it, but. I don't know what they if can. They were If their plan is to, like, you know what, hey, we're going to bring Robots. In, like, we're going to bring in a bunch of new blood. For a couple of years, and you might have some growing pains and all that, but you know we think it'll be better in the long run. And I'd be totally on board with that. Honestly, is, they if they if they blood. if they announce they that in this year, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, that's a good point, Alex. Like, there's a lot of young umpires, and they seem yeah. even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh wow, the young. It's like the younger guys are worse than the older guys. Well, go figure. But then you have the older guys like Angel Hernandez and Jones uh, that can never get. Having- Dangerously close to like a months in Twitter argument, and I think we should just move on. Like, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, god, months in Twitter, good old months in Twitter. Um, Alex, so uh, you know, or actually, I don't think any of us gave a player of the week. So, gee, start us off. Who is your player of the week for the Oreo series and the Indian series? Who is your player of the week? So my player of the week is DJ LeMahieu, the machine, the original machine, hmm. and um, he was just all right. Yeah, he's. Right. I mean, he's 
basically in the lead, I think, for the American League batting title. He for this week he'd be the first got, player to win the batting title in both the AL and NL. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with it. Um, for the week, he batted 379. He had 11 for 29. He scored six runs. He had three home runs, six RBIs, and he just. You know he's playing a lot of first base now, and but everywhere they put him, he's just he's just awesome. And this week was just another. You know he's he's been pretty dependable, and um, it's just more of the same. He's just been great this year. Uh, you know, honestly, I remember Buster Posey when he was at Florida State. They had a game where he played every position. I think DJ could do that. Like I literally DJ think he, could, like yeah. he could play, he could pitch, he could catch, he could play the any outfield position, any infield position. Like he could literally yeah. play any. But that's, that's how good he is. On Saturday, when uh, Aaron Judge had the day off, and they stuck Tyro Estrada out there, you know, when they probably should have stuck Judge out there. But, like, you could, in a scenario like that, you could probably just be like, hey, you know what, we're in a pinch. You want to hack it in right field? And they could probably just do it. <laughs> and they just, they they just have DJs the only outfielder out there. They just don't even put a, a few other outfielders. <laughs> no, but, yeah, like, I think, you know, the – I forget which Yankee advisor was saying this. I think it might have been Tina. But they said, like, you know, DJ LeMahieu, it's literally, like, Little League rules with them. Like, you kind of just put him anywhere. Like, oh, you play first base? All right, go go play first. Oh, you're playing third? All right, go play third. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just the guy's just, like you said, like we always say, he's a machine. Um, it, Like, look, obviously, like, people are talking about the MVP. He's not going to win the MVP, but if he finishes top three, that's just incredible, right? Like, I think as of now, I'd have to really dig deep in the stats. I mean, he's, like... Is anyone else ahead? I mean, maybe if you want to put Devers, Devers is having a great year, but I still I still think DJ might beat him out in the MVP just because of like impact alone, you know. I think you know. Like, you, obviously, people, Trout's gonna win the MVP. Like Trout's gonna end up with like fifty five home runs and like uh, fr- friggin' you know over a thousand. He's gonna friggin' win the MVP. Trout's like, gonna have a twenty know. war season. <laughs> Fifteen you know, war, not bad. Okay. Mike Trout suffers from the like the LeBron James syndrome, like. No, for basically any season. Yeah, yeah, no, he's the best player every year, but he doesn't win the MVP every yeah, year. Yeah, like, which is fine. Like, in terms of the actual title of the award, most valuable player, like, the Angels are, like, what, 15 games under 500? Like, I think he's made the yeah, I mean, I think Mike Trout's made the playoffs, what, once, maybe twice? He's played yeah. in three playoff games. Yeah, yeah just game. once. Yeah. So, like, DJ LeMahieu, right, especially the Yankees early in the season when they started to get hurt a lot, like, he has played – First, he played second, he played third, you know, a lot, and he is on his way to a 25 and 100 season, betting three, almost 340. Like, how the hell do you get more valuable than that? Like, you don't. He's he's pretty close to. I think he needs like 20, maybe 25 more RBIs out of the leadoff spot to break the all-time record for most RBIs out of the leadoff spot. So. That'd be, I think is, they said, which is insane. They, the list was interesting. I think it was like Charlie Blackman was first with like 103, and then I think someone was second, and then third was like Alfonso Soriano, 99. Yeah, my boy. In like 2002 or three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way back he, when. He went 40 and 40. Yeah, he was. I loved him, man. I loved Alfonso Soriano. He's one of my favorite players. Um, yeah, you guys want to do? Or no? Uh, let's see. I have to give my player of the week. Wow, I almost completely skipped over that. Wow, I'm and dumb as hell. And you still have You still skip me too. Wow. Um, maybe I wanted to go before you. No, I'm just kidding. Now, okay. who's your player? I thought you needed some time, you know? Because no, I I got a player, oh, man. Okay. All right. All right so my so I figure you already have him picked out. So I'm not gonna steal Glaber from you. 
No, I don't. I don't have Glaber, but go on. Oh, okay. Well, I have her all this Chapman. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Just go on. Just go. Go on. Just go yeah, on. I saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> Right? I have, um, I have another one already. It's, it's all right. I, it, I wonder who it is. Hmm. Yeah, uh, so Chapman this week in uh, the seven game or eight games they played, he pitched four of them, four innings, a hit, a walk, six strikeouts, and four saves. Every game he pitched in, he had a save. Um, and he was just lights out this entire week. It feels it, it felt like to me he pitched a lot more than just – four games. Like I, felt yeah, I, thought he, I thought he pitched like 13 times this week. Yeah, it seemed like he was in every single game, and every single game, he, he just he locked it down at the end, which was he really... He has pitched in um, five of the last seven games, but going back to last, you know, for one week, it was just yeah. four. Yeah. Pitched a lot. He has pitched a lot, and I honestly, Chapman pitching a lot, like consistently, is he's a lot better than he is when he pitches once a week. Because he's able to find his control a lot easier than he gets into a rhythm where you see, like, if he, if he goes like six days without, uh, without coming into a game, his control will be all over the place. That's when you get the Chapman experience. The exactly. Chapman experience. Yeah, there's not much scarier than a role, watching a this Chapman pitch after he hasn't pitched for like a week. Mm-hmm. Then, you, then you get a ninth inning like that one in the Twins. That was his last blown save, actually. I think he's had 10 consecutive saves since then. Yeah, I looked yeah. all this up because he was my player of the week, you know, or whatever. It's not, <laughs> not a big deal. Not a big deal. I'm not bad. Uh, you, you sure? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm yeah, good. Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah but Chapman's my player of the week. Um, and, uh, wow. Yeah. What a great player. player. Wow, what a great player of the week, man. Great pick. Um, he had his two hardest pitches of the season. Yeah, yeah, wow, way to, way yeah. to not even mention that, Alex. Chapman hitting 103. But I, you know, like, it's so funny because I think people make such a big deal. Like, oh, there's velocities down again. I'm like, he's still touching, like, yeah, sitting at 98. Like, oh, it's not no, like he's, he's not hitting 105 yeah, like, anymore. It's like, bro, like, why isn't he averaging 101 on his fastball? I'm like, because that's almost humanly impossible. Like, yeah. he's still throwing gas, and he has a nasty slider now. And he's just, you know, he's he's got, like, it's like almost like he's gotten better with age. Like it's crazy. Yeah. He's three. Se- no, I think like, he's, three he's, essentially pulled, he's essentially pulled like a CC where his velocity has gone down. So then he mm-hmm. worked on his off-speed stuff more, and I it's mean, gotten that much better. His is so like, good now. It's honestly probably more devastating that you know. Obviously, it'd be nice if you could just sit back and throw 104 or whatever you want to. But like, it's probably more devastating now that you know it's down a tick. I mean, it was it, he had 103 on Saturday, but. Um, it's down a tick, and he's been throwing the slider so much more that, you know, batters probably hate that. They actually have to look for it, and then he can sit back and still throw 101 when he wants to. Like, Yeah. Uh, I, what's crazy to me about Chapman is he's three saves away from tying his career high in saves. Like, he's never had a 40-save yeah. season. Like, he's Which had 38 that's, that's tw- insane. Insane. He's had 38 twice, 36, 33, 36 twice, 38 twice, 33. But, yeah, never had a 40-save season, and... Stays healthy. I I think he's gonna get five saves in the, in the next six weeks. You know, just hot take, hot take right there by me. Hmm. I know it's a pretty hot take. That, um, that just came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, right, right. I, it'd be crazy if that happened. Um, yeah. My player of the week, my new player of the week, Gio Urshela. Right. Uh, really? guy's pretty good at baseball. Um, it's just okay. con- just continues to mash. Uh, hitting around four hundred this week. Wasn't really hitting any dingers, but just consistently getting RBI hits, you know, just consistently playing good defense. Um, 
Man, we, me and G were talking before Alex. Before Alex got here, me and G were just kind of gushing over Shella earlier in the show. I mean, he's just been so great. I, I sound like John Sterling, but I just, I'm just amazed every time he gets up and gets a hit. It's just like, oh wow, yeah, this guy, this guy could just hit. And what Sterling said, I think on Sunday's game, which was such a good point. It's like Urshela just when you watch him, he really doesn't do anything that complicated to play. It's no. like, oh, it's like when a pitcher throws a meaty pitch, he just hits it. Like that's all he did. Like he just takes advantage of good pitches, like more than you know. More than any hitter on the Yankees I've seen, you know, it's like, oh wow, Urshela just got himself got himself into a good count and got a hit, and that's another thing. Yeah. The guy's like a 300 hitter with two strikes this year. Which it's like, and the major league average is like one. Yeah, it's like one, like I think it's 160 or something like that. Yeah, and he's just oh no, I'm a 300 hitter with two with two strikes on me. Just man, the, what a year, what a year the guy's having. He he's really just. I mean, like I feel like a month or so ago. If you had to ask a lot of people, like, oh, what would be your ideal postseason lineup? I'm not sure if Urshela's in a lot of them, you know? Like, people yeah. weren't – a lot of people weren't that because he started to cool off. And, you know, if you look into the analytical numbers, a lot of times for defense tell you that he's actually not as good of a defender. But, you know, my eyes tell me different. Um, I, yeah. I'm, I'm watching Gio Urshela. He's, he's a pretty good third baseman. The um, analytics and all, a lot of those advanced metrics said the same thing about like Mark Deschere, and we all know that he was really good too. So. Mark Deschere yeah. was amazing. I don't know base like I trust advanced metrics with baseball, but not for defense. I don't know, man. No. It's just, the outfielders I trust a little more because it's it's kind of easier to like calculate. But d- defense infielders, it's it's very very tricky. Um, yeah, I think it's just like a lot of statistics. You just have to know how to apply them, really. Like, yeah. Well, I'm dumb, so I can't apply anything. You know. Look at that. That's true. The NHL a month ago today was betting like 305, and he that's pretty good in its own right, and he took it yeah. to another level. Well, and he, like you guys said, he, he cooled off a little bit. In June, he only hit 229 mm-hmm. with a 273 on base percentage. So it's like he still, he cooled off a little bit. Everyone kind of lost faith in him a little bit. And then all of a sudden, July and August hit, and he's back where he was at the beginning. But the thing that I noticed, like, he has a lot more power in the last, like, month and a half. Where, like, yeah. the, beginning of the, se- the beginning of the season, he was getting hits, but he wasn't really hitting home runs. Now he's just hitting home runs, like, every other game. Yeah. Um, Urshela, currently, <laughs> gee, I said earlier he was on, like, he was on the le- leaderboard for the AL batting, batting average, but now he's off it. So I guess he just went off. Guess he's he must be like just under the amount of required at bats you need, because don't you need to average three per game? So he he's got to be close. But guys, you want to do some injury news and notes? No. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Alex, we actually got some pretty good news this week. You know, oh, like do every, we? That's I mean, a thing. Every, yeah. Every, I mean, every week, like it seems like every single year up there was like, oh well, actually, Sevy just. Uh, you know, he had a setback. So did Dellen. And, oh, yeah, Edwin, uh, he's out, too. And Aaron Hicks and Giancarlo Stanton. Don't say it too loud. You know, you don't want to. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I got to keep this down. All right, chill, 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 chill. No, but, okay, so I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but I think, I mean, guys, we all saw the video of Seve throwing off the mound at Yankee Stadium. Um, you know, I'm not, not going, obviously not going 100%, but look good. You know, some good movement on those pitches. He struck out Tyler Wade, if that if that means That's anything. That's not very difficult. <laughs> you know, we've talked about this. No, so the funniest thing, he struck out Tyler Wade. And then, like, the Yankees, like, I forget what he, he was just, you know, 
one of the coaches, basically, for the Yankees got a base hit up the middle off Seve. Well, after Tyler Wade struck yeah, out. Yeah, it was P.J. Pilateri. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, Alex. We, we've talked about this before. Maybe it was Seve. I can't remember. Like a pitcher coming back earlier in the season. Like, how they faced Tyler Wade and struck him out a couple times. And we're just like, yeah, but, I mean, it's Tyler yeah, I forget. Yeah, no, I forget. I forget what pitcher was that, but. He, I think it might have been Adovino when he first got to us, and it was in like you know he was just pitching like a bullpen. He struck out Tyler Wade twice, like he had four at bats. He struck out two guys, you know, once each, and then he struck out Tyler Wade twice. And it's like, come on, man, he really had to strike out Tyler Wade twice, like yeah, second time, just really rubbing it in. <laughs> but yeah, no, Sevy throwing off a mound. Um, Tansis also throwing off a mound. Yeah, Batansis, you know, he threw a bullpen. Um, it's weird because Sevy's a little bit ahead of Batansis right now, but obviously Batansis only needs to get back up to like 20, 25 pitches. Sevy, they probably want to get to like 60, so going to take a little bit longer for Sevy. But they both should be back, I'd say, second week of September. They both, um, they both headed off to Tampa, right? They think they were going down there together to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they're they're going down together to fish, to enjoy the weather, you know. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it is fun. If you, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that though. Anytime they go down to Tampa, like usually with like you know, I think it was like DDCC went fishing with like Gumby and a uh, Heller, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, like Gumby and Heller are just like fishing every day and CC and you're like, hey man, sounds cool as hell, man. Like, What's going? <laughs> <laughs> it's like man, just those guys are living it up in Tampa because Tampa's so. And I love Tampa. Um, yeah, uh, guys, I wanted to talk about this. Um. I think I think it was Brian Hope was interviewing Giancarlo um, yesterday, and it sounds like from the tone I got out of Giancarlo was that he might not like he, in his mind. I think he's just not going to play the rest of the regular season and then just show up in the playoffs. Which look, there's some there's certain guys that I trust to do that. I'm not sure if Stanton's one of those guys. Like I don't know, just. That sounds very Luigi, are you part of this team's better off without Stanton Twitter? You know what, Alex? In a matter of <laughs> seriously, like I just like that would be like, you know, Stanton come because I don't know who we're playing, but it's gonna be obviously a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh like just Stanton coming back, just like at least come back for a couple, at least get like twenty, thirty played appearances. He, need, you know, yeah, he needs something. a few at bats in the regular season, especially the last I, few weeks of the season, the Yankees are playing like the Rangers, the Jay and the Jays in the last two series, I think. Some real it, it really depends for me on, like, how that actually happens. Like, if he was just going to be like, all right, well, I'm going to sit out until, like, last week, or I'm just going to, like, mail it in and come back. Like, as long as he's not just, like, straight chilling. Like, if he's, like, you know, hitting and hitting in the cage and maybe yeah. in the league, like, that's one thing. But well, like, he's not going to be able to hit in the minor leagues for much longer because the minor league season yeah. ends. Well, that, yeah, that was the whole thing, what he September. said. Like, yeah, the, you know, the, well, the minor league season ends. And I think Hoke asked him, like, oh, or, you know, like you trying to aim for like the last two weeks of the season, maybe to get back. And he said like, we well, you know we're not locked into that. So yeah, like I the vibe I got from him was like, yeah, man, like I'm just gonna show up in the postseason. And, like, we're, yeah, like, I think you know, I think I don't know, man. This is my educated, you know, based on all the information. My guess is that like he'll probably show up at some point within the last two weeks, but he didn't want to be locked in to definitively be like, oh yeah, I'll be back for sure. Like I think yeah. as long as he gets like a few major league games. You know, you know, whatever it is, a couple series worth or whatever it is for the last couple weeks of the season. Like, I think as long as he gets that, then I'll feel he's a little bit better. Hmm. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, another injury update, actually. Uh, Edwin told, I think it was Joe McFly when Joe McFly was at the game the other day, that he'd be back in around three weeks, you know, so. 
he wasn't even wearing like a cast or anything. Yeah, he had his cast off. Uh, so that's definitely a good sign. Uh, Luke Voigt should be close to playing in uh, rehab games. So hopefully maybe by the end of the week he'll be playing a few games. We could get him back. Uh, I don't have an official update on Hicks. Um, I assume he's just golfing in Tampa. Along with the last, last update they got was that he was pain-free in his elbow. So. Yeah, well, there you go, GC. I'm, I'm a terrible podcast host. G's a good really podcast are. host. Wow. Wow, look at that. Hashtag G for... Yeah, wow. Wow. No, I'm, I'm going to see myself out. Um, okay, bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Um... So, guys, real quick before we get to bullpen trust list and then, you know, the re- preview the West Coast road trip, what do you guys think? If Sevy comes back, you know, a lot of people talking about him being used in the bullpen. What do you guys think of that? Because uh, I think they – I mean, why not just use him as a starter and then if you only want to go two, three innings, just use him kind of as that opener, right? Like, I I think yeah. it's – like, I know Sevy was – you know, went out of the bullpen and did very well in, what was it, 2016, the year he was just terrible as a starter. Then he went to the bullpen and was really good, but – I mean, that was a few years ago. I I know he hasn't pitched all year, but I don't know, man. I just I'm just not a Sevy out of the bullpen guy. I think we should just put him in our rotation and see, you know, try to get him as many reps in the regular season as we can. Hopefully, strengthen his arm up enough for the first round that he can maybe throw I don't know 70, 80 pitches and go from there. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he should be he essentially should be like an opener, but he should be one that goes until they think he's. Like, at a good pitch county. Like, he's not a Chad Green who throws nine pitches in the first inning and then is taken out. Like, Severino, if he can go, you know, three, four innings, like, 50 to 60 pitches for a consistent amount of time, I think that's a really good Mm -hmm. option. And then they can kind of piece it together after that, which, you know, the Yankees have a very good bullpen, so they would be able to do that. But I think, I, I think having him in, that as the green, like a multi-inning Chad Green opener role rather than like a Sessa role would be much, much better. I think, um, yeah, definitely that. I just, you definitely have to have him start. Like, yeah. Even if it's, you know, whatever it is, 50 pitches and then like the Yankees plan is to make a deep run. So you'll be using him, right? You're probably not going to use any combination of like Hap or you know, CC or whoever is like, they're not all going to be making starts. So, um, you know, as long as he's starting, right, you could use him a little bit more each time. And even if he's not pitching like seven innings, it's like you guys said, like a Chad Green type of role where you just piece it together afterwards. But I think as long as they're making a deep run, you'll be able to use him more and more as a traditional starter. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, speaking of Chad Green, Time for a bullpen trust list. Uh, oh boy! I'll I mean, I'll start. Uh, I'll admit. I'm, I'm just gonna say it before anyone calls me out for it. Yes, I did have Luis Sessa on my bullpen trust list last week. Yes, he did turn back to old Luis Sessa this week and made me look like a total buffoon. Hey, G, didn't Luigi literally just say he was a bad podcast host, and now he's saying all this? <laughs> That was a lot, an awful lot like an excuse. Wow. Yeah, I think it is. Wait a minute. I just realized we're not recording. This is actually my intervention. Wow. This is, this is pretty <laughs> incredible. <laughs> wow. I'm just looking around. There's a bunch of people in this room. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, Louis, I had Louis Sessing, who's actually having like an okay year. Like I had him fifth because I just tr- terrible this yeah. year. Yeah, he wasn't. And then, he and then just like this week, 
people like, oh, his ERA is 4.4 now. I'm like, yeah, it was 3.7 at the beginning of the week. Like, <laughs> that's how bad he was this week. So, yeah, yeah Luis Sessa no longer on my list. Uh, I, I know Chad Green just, like, probably had his worst uh, start of the year on Sunday as an opener, but I'll still go Chad Green 5. I, I still trust him. Like, that was, like, his first bad opener start, right? Like, he, he's he's been pretty good this year. Still not sure if that's a viable option, you know, to go Chad Green opener in the postseason, but yeah, yeah, nah, it's, I mean, dude, if it kept working, I mean, they might have thought about it, but I think that performance against the Indians kind of said, eh, maybe yeah. we're not going to do that. <laughs> Especially since it was against the Indians who were a team mm-hmm. the Yankees might actually face. Yeah, them. yeah, it's, it wasn't good. Um, and then my list, my top four is pretty much the same, right? I got Britain fourth. I got Canely third, even though I, I want to put Canely second so bad because he's been so damn good this year, but I still just trust Ottavino more than him. And then number one, all of our number ones, everyone number, everyone's number one. Or what, what, if not, what if he's not my number one? Uh, I just made him your number one, so you really don't have a choice. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, well, Alex, good going. So mine's Green, Britain, Canely, Otto, Chappie. All right, so my I Chapman first because I obviously didn't have much of a choice there. Nope. Um, no. I'm gonna do what you were not strong enough to do and put Canley second. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, Ottavino third, Britain fourth. Basically the same thing, switching around them because you know Ch- we we said Chapman's so good, but Canley has been fantastic this year. Ottavino has been really good, except the only thing Andrew actually pointed this out. I think in our group chat earlier this week, he's in, he's allowed about one third of his inherited runners to score, which is not great. Um, and then Britain fourth because Britain, he's been, he's been very good this year for the most part, minus like the first few weeks of the season, but he's still just a roller coaster to watch up there. Him and Otto just still walk way too many guys, you mm. know, like both of them. I think that I think Otto's walk rate is actually worse than Britain slightly. Yeah. They're both like the thing, know, the thing with Otto though is that yeah. his stuff is nasty enough to be able to get anyone out. Britain, it just seems like when he doesn't have good control, he doesn't know what he's doing. I just feel like Britain likes putting a guy on base just so he can get the double play ball going. I swear <laughs> to God, because so often he'll just like put a guy on base like all right, and he'll just work like three. Like, let's say he won't get the double play ball in the first one. He'll just work another one right. I'm like, dude, this guy just literally just loves having a guy in first so he can get yeah. the double play ball. It's incredible. But, yeah. Um, and then fifth, I honestly, I guess I'll go green. But honestly, yeah, I, I don't no know. Other yeah. I was about to go Nestor. I, I was I was thinking of guys. I was waiting with. Mike Ford, honestly. <laughs> but, yeah, green. Hey, right right now, the Yankees. Gee, you pointed this out. I think it was you pointed this out a couple of days ago. The Yankees' middle relief guys outside of their big four really have not been good the past few weeks or so. Like, I mean, really, really all year. I mean, look at even Holder. You know, like yeah. just so many guys just had bad years and who were in that role. Like if you look at the games the Yankees won last week, you had like even last Sunday you had the one nothing shutout against the Jays where it was Tanaka and then Chapman. And then you had, like, the doubleheader where, you know, the Yankees swept the Orioles and, the, like, Chapman pitched one game and then Canley pitched another. And, like, the games against the Indians, it was, like, Ottavino and Britton and Chapman and then, like, Canley and Ottavino and Chapman. It's none of the games the Yankees won had, you know, Cortez mm-hmm. or Sessa or, I don't know, who – I don't, I don't even man, know. Man, <laughs> This whole thing really is why, maybe more than anyone, I want Matanzas back. 
Like, yeah. Because Chapman is exceptional. Batances, I feel like, is just the best eighth inning guy in baseball. And then mm-hmm. if you look at that, you got those two innings locked. and then That have, lengthens the bullpens. You have, you know, your Britons and Adovinos and whoever else to play with two and maybe three innings on some days. Mm-hmm. And it's just... That's the, like, video game BS that, you know, you're really talking about when you look at the beginning before Patances and everyone else got hurt. Like, yeah. Well, well I think I read it. Or, no, go on, Alex. Okay, yeah, especially if you put Patances in the eighth inning. Then you can have, you know, Britton in the seventh, and if necessary, Ottavino in the sixth, and you can use Canely as the fireman, which right now they don't really have, like, a good fireman. Or, like, if when Holder was up, they'd, say, bring Canely in, like, the – fifth inning to get out of a jam. And then because they wouldn't have anyone else, they'd either bring Canley in for like another inning or try and get two innings out of Ottavino or two out of Britain, or they'd bring Holder in and Holder would just give up nine runs. You know, it just, they didn't have a big bridge for a time where the starters wouldn't go that long. But now with Batanzas back in a like opener situation, you could have say Severino go three or four innings and then you can have, Canely and Ottavino and Britton and Dellen and Chapman all pitch and basically nail the game down. Canely, I feel like, is maybe the most fireman-esque type pitcher. Yeah, he's the one that has the best control, I think. And, like, yeah, fireman pitches... It's been pointed out a lot. It's been pointed out a lot. That change of this Oh, my God. It's so good. And yeah. you look at... Canley's walk rates, he does not walk a lot of guys, where Ottavino and Britton walk a lot of guys, and that's what will get him into trouble. Especially in situations you come in with, like, a two-on, one-out situation. You can't be you can't be giving up a single and walking a guy and then strike out two. Like, that's not going to help because you're still going to give up at least one run. Mm-hmm. And you know it's crazy, you know about Canley. It's crazy, like he just like I think he had like 16 appearances last year. Right, obviously he battled some injuries, but like he just really wasn't a factor last year. And, last year. and then like kind of this year, you know, once he started, you know, really pitching well, you kind of remember like, yeah, man, this dude was like big for us he in was, 2017. He was awesome. Like, 2017 almost, playoffs, he was the best. He was the yeah. best non-Chapman reliever. Yeah. Um. Also, I just wanted to th- shout out this article I read in New York Post today about the Yankees bullpen. Some. Some really good takeaways from this. How about this? The Yankees are 22-0 when all four of Britton, Ottavino, Canely, and Chapman pitch the same game, and 36-4 and when at least three of them pitch. Mm-hmm. Like, that is just nasty right there. Yeah. Um, they're also the only team in the MLB to not use a reliever three days in a row. That is insane, honestly. Mm-hmm. So just that right you know, there is insane. You want to talk about playing for the long run, you know, playing for the postseason. The Yankees are doing that. Like it's just automatic. I'm like, you just know as a fan, like, oh yeah, once a guy pitches two days in a row, he's done. That's why Sunday's game kind of sucked because it was like, oh, well, uh, Davino's two days in a row. Chapman's pitched two days. You played nine games in a, mm-hmm. you know, and you just play, you know, you play back to back close games against Cleveland. Like you know, exactly. you're going to use your best, your best arms. They um, had to use Chapman there. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no, that just going into that Sunday's game, you just kind of be like, all right, CC on the mound, most of our bullpen not available. Mike Freeman hits a three-run home run off. Yeah, yeah, kind of like okay, he has a game, game of his life. Mike Freeman, this, Mike, he had like three hits. Yeah, you're like okay, yeah, this game may not end very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, guys, you want to uh, preview this West Coast road trip to uh, wrap up the show? 
Well, I didn't get to get my bullpen trusses. Oh, gee. Gee, I'm the worst. Like, <laughs> someone cut me off. Someone cut me off. I'm the worst. We got okay, so into that. Pod, we, G, you're being the host. Yeah, okay. G, you're the new host. I mean, that's my bad, G. Go, go on, G, with your bullpen trust list. I'm such an idiot. All right. I'll run it one through five. Uh, Alex kind of blew up one of my jokes when he said Mike Ford. That's what I was going to say. God damn it, Alex. Come on, fine. man. It's fine. Um, shout- G, G, you just need to run this podcast by yourself now. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the G, Bronx Bomber G. <laughs> so, so one through five, I got Chapman, Canley, Adovino, Britton, and Green. Um, Green, you know, he had a bad game, but the results have still been pretty good. That was his first bad game in almost like a month. So he's, especially with, you know, the carousel of, you know, rookies and, you know, has-beens and all that sort of stuff. Like, he's still the Yankees' fifth best reliever. It's a five-man, it's a five-man list. He's still the Yankees' fifth best reliever. So, um, That's a good point. Chapman has been exceptional. I'll jump up to one. Canley has, for most of this year, basically been the Yankees' second best reliever pretty comfortably. Um, Adovino has nasty stuff, and Britton also has pretty nasty stuff, but it just walks. And mm-hmm. well, Adovino has been good for a lot of, you know, stretches, so I, I'm pretty fine with him at three, but like, I've said it a few times, like, Britton, he still throws high 90s. Like, the sinker is nasty, but like, he is just so difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, the results yes. are good, but he's just so not fun to watch. You and roll he's like, your eyes every time you see him pitch. He, right now, with a full month to go in the season, over whatever, a month and a half, give or take, he's already at basically not counting his two seasons as a starter. He's at a career high in walks. He has 30 walks. It's his highest total since 2012, and he was a starter for part of that season. So it's not good, and, you know, he's got, like you said, you know, he's got a fine ERA, and he got that big double play after kind of getting a jam for himself. But, you know, it's just it's so difficult to watch. Yeah, you, yeah you play, you know, you play, like he gets out of it a lot, but, yeah, but you play with fire too often, and you're going to get burned, man. Well, that's what, ha- that's what happened the other day. Like, you know, a base runner got on and ended up scoring because of a wild pitch. So Stuff like that. The actual trust element of the bullpen trust list, he probably, he probably like pushes it more than anyone because he's oh, got yeah. stuff. The results are good, but he's just really, really terrible to watch. <laughs> so, yeah. Chapman, Canley, Adovino, Britton, Jagger. Yeah, do you know what? I actually did that on purpose. I don't. I don't want to hear your bullpen trust list. Screw you. Um, <laughs> I'm Zach an apologist. That's what you want. <laughs> oh man! So now let's preview this West Coast road trip. Uh, anything else I forget? Um, I'm a terrible host, so uh, can you guys just guide me along, please? Thank you. Um, oh boy! So uh, all of us East Coast, which I'm sure is most of us, uh, most of us listening, we got some 10 o'clock baseball in the next couple. Oh, oh, everyone's yay. favorite. Oh man, I hate it so. Like, I I like it for like a game or two. It's kind of cool. Like, oh wow, ten o'clock. But like yeah. the, the third game, you're like, Jesus Christ, this shit's awful. Like, I'm falling asleep here. It's mm. the second inning. Uh, we got, but it's, it's you know the A's have a pretty tough stretch. Um, you have at Oakland three games. The A's have been really good, especially in Oakland. Then you have the weekend series in L.A. against the Dodgers. That should be a players fun weekend. Series. Players weekend. Oh, dude, all the I'm. Uh, don't call me months on Twitter, but I am kind of mad that the Yankees Dodgers they're going to be wearing like the player jerseys. Like, I, I don't, knew you were I, like, come, come, but like I, I don't know. It's just like you know, 
it's not like, you know, it's not the MLB's fault, you know, it's like, all right, this is when players weekend is like, they want to have a big series for players weekend. I get it, but it's just going to be weird seeing those two teams play without their regular jerseys. That's all I'm saying. You know, I guess I'm once in Twitter. Sign me up. Just would like to get, would like to give all of our follow, all of our listeners a quick shout out and say Luigi will not be on on the pod after this episode. Yeah, uh, it's my last episode. <laughs> um, going over to uh, Max Wildstein starting a pod called the uh, uh, Cuck Brommer Ball. I'm going over there. Uh, <laughs> man, that dude, that, that dude's just been on fire on Twitter, huh? Oof. Um, yeah, so the Yankees have. Three games against Oakland, three games against the Dodgers, and then three games against the Mariners. Um, Mariners aren't that good, but the Mariners kind of really suck. Remember how good the Mariners were in the first month of the season? The Mariners started out like thirteen and two, and then just <laughs> went downhill ever since. Man, they're so bad, man. It sucks for them. Um, but yeah, no, the, the series against Oakland, series against uh, the Dodgers should be really tough. Oh, we got Herman Happ and Tanaka. Going into the A's, and that should be Paxton, Sabathia, and Herman against the Dodgers. We'll see Kershaw on Sunday night. Uh, we'll see Mike Fears. Fires. We'll fires. I always say Fears. I'm, I'm, and we're not. Gonna, and Stan's not going to be here to hit moonshots off of him. Ah, <sighs> that's true. Who, wait. Yeah. Cho- cho- Stan choke Carlos. <laughs> choke Carlos. <Stan. laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. That's that's a famous tweet from a. Past BBB members, so shout out to he who should not be named. But guys, how are we feeling about this West Coast road trip? I'm honestly nervous for the A's series. Yeah, not that's I'm, too bad I'm, for I'm the scared. Dodgers series. The A's are what I'm scared for because the Yankees never play well. That's a cl- dude, that's a classic series. The Yankees just play terribly. Like yeah. anytime they go to Oakland, it's like, oh, what the hell is happening? Remember that. 2017, there was a yeah. series in Oakland. They that got game, swept. That ended at like 2.30 with like the walk-off blue pit, remember? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Four-game series, awful. they got swept. I don't think I've ever turned a game. I don't think I've ever turned a game off quicker than that ball dropped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Casual. Yeah, really, at this point for me, like the A's series, obviously I want them to win that series, but the only series that matters to me is the Dodgers series because yeah. we're pretty comfortably – you know, going to the playoffs. Um, but we all know what their goal is, and really at this point we just have to see how we measure up against the Dodgers. Or, yeah. you know, 1A or number 2, whatever you want to call it, you know, the, the second or third best team in baseball with the Yankees and probably the Astros. Like, So it's, it's the only series that really matters to me on this whole trip. Yeah, you look at the Dodgers, and they are just light years ahead of basically every other team in the NL. And that's nothing, and that's not like to discredit the Braves or, you know, the Brewers or the Cubs or the Cardinals or, you know, or, yeah, basically any of, eh, that's basically all the good teams. Yeah, I was about to say, that's it. Yeah, not to discredit them, but the Dodgers are just so much better. Wait, Alex, you forgot the Mets. You forgot the Mets, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Of course, the Mets are going to secretly win the World Series. Dude, they're on fire. They're like three games over 500. They're on fire. Oof. Like six games out of the wild card. Yeah, man. Come on. They're going to sneak in. But, yeah, the Dodgers, they just have such an edge over everyone because the rest of the NL, you have your other good teams, which are like 15 to 20 games over 500, and then everyone else is kind of just in the middle. Not For the NL, the, the NL, the Dodgers have 82 wins. The second best is the Braves with 74. Everyone else is in the 60s. Yeah. Oof. 
Yeah, and you know it's crazy with the Dodgers because you know we all know Ryu's had such he's a one point six four ERA. You know yeah. he's just had a crazy good year, and now Kershaw in the last couple of months. I don't know if you guys seen this. He's kind of back to old Kershaw the last he's couple back months. Back to old Kershaw. Yeah. You know he he's been injured. really good. Mm-hmm. He's, had, so we're he's facing, actually healthy this year. We're facing. They don't have a starter for the Dodgers on Saturday. Uh, put up, but Ryu is supposed to start on Friday, and then Kershaw on Sunday. So yeah, couple, yeah, couple good cool. pitchers. Yeah, yeah. Right. The Yankees will probably be over on uh, Saturday. Yeah. Um, on, on that note, Walker Bueller is nasty. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, well, the series against the Dodgers is so important because, look, man, the Yankees, like, AL East pretty much locked up, right? Playoff spot obviously yeah. pretty much locked up. Now we want they want the best record of baseball. Like, exactly. that's, that's the goal, you know? The Yankees, look, like we said earlier in the show, the Yankees have not lost a series at home since the end of April. Mm-hmm. Having home field advantage, it's like oh, it's not like oh, we got home field advantage, we won the World Series. That's like you know, schedule like, the parade. Yeah, no. basically win the majority of the games. In yeah, the exactly. And just think of like, because honestly, like, not that I'm disrespecting the Dodgers, and not like I'm trying not trying to think this ahead, but you know, like I'd have confidence, I'd have more confidence in like not having home field advantage against the Dodgers in a series than the Astros. Because, like, there's just yeah. something about, like, we like we need that home field advantage against Houston. Yeah. And right now, you know, we're a few games up. We've been hot, and they've kind of slid off. Like, I think they just got swept by Oakland last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, if we get – because the difference between having game one and game two in Houston with like, – look, if Verlander and Cole get to pitch game one and game two in Houston, like, those are probably it, two wins for Houston. It's, it's, it's like, a 2 So yeah. those are the two best pitchers in the AL right now. It's probably a 2 nothing series. Yankee Stadium, though, maybe they get one. You know, maybe, yeah, it would most likely probably win both, right? Just the law of averages because right. we're that good of a home team. Like that just makes such a difference. Exactly. And another thing, people I'm thinking of Gonji. Sorry, people knock like you know people knock the Yankee Stadium because it's you know it's it's not quite as intimate. It's not you know quite as you know right on top of you as the old stadium was it's you know flatter and more spread out for sidelines and all that sort of stuff but like 2017 playoffs the Astros were definitely rattled because Yankee Stadium was loud as shit and like mm-hmm. I was at game 4 you know the game you know the the comeback the comeback game um humble brag by Jim. that place was loud <laughs> as shit dude like you know at at some point like you just have to respect that. Like, that series especially, Yankees-Astros, seven games, home team won every single one. So, like, but you could tell, right, the Astros at home were just great. They went to Yankee Stadium. They lost three consecutive games. They went back home. They won two more. So, I mean, like, exactly. Yankee Stadium can be just as much of a home field advantage as any other place. Yeah, it's just, you know, like, that's the thing. Like, as great as that Astros team was, like, wow, that series came down to like, they had home field advantage. Like, if we had home field advantage, we'd probably win that series. But, like, you know what I was thinking about? You know, Zach Grinke obviously is on the Houston Astros right now. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, Thanks, I, I just don't see a world. Like, there's no way. And, like, I'm not trying to, like, speak down on the guy because, you know, I get he has issues. But, like, there's no way they pitch him in Yankee Stadium in a playoff game, right? Like, there's no way. Like, I, I just don't. They, there's no way they would, like, because. I just feel like Zach. Imagine Zach Greinke game through a one-one series, game three, Yankee Stadium. Like the team that you, you know, like those fans know that you didn't want to go. Like that place will be a hellhole for him. Yeah. Like, would, he, I, would he even survive the first? I, one? 
Yeah, like I, I know he's, you know, he was on, he's, I think, how many, I'm not sure how many postseason starts he's had exactly, but you know, he's pitched in big games before and I, I just think this would be, this would be a, a bit different for him. I don't know. That was definitely, if there was anything that would be, I mean, cause he's a really good pitcher. Like, if there's anything that'd be pushing it that would concern me as a fan or anything for that team, that would probably be it. Like yeah. a hostile environment generally for opposing teams plus like documented evidence that you don't want to or didn't want to go there. And, you know, the pressure of a big game series swinging game anyway. Yeah, Grinky is 11 career postseason starts. Wow, it's more than that expected than him. But well, he, was, he, was, he wasn't yeah, the no, that those, for a while. Well, that, those three years with the Dodgers accounted yeah. for most of them, but, you know, man, he only went. He, only he, went started, he started the wild card game in 2017 for the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. And wasn't wonderful either. And uh, his, uh, his career postseason area is only 4.03, which, you know, not terrible, but not great. Um, that's, yeah, not terrible, but not... Like, on the Kershaw you, scale, that's great, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, cheap, cheap, yeah, that was cheap. That was so easy. Uh, um, um, now that I say that now, you know, Kershaw's just going to turn into a god. Now I'm going to, you know, it's going to be bad. Um, well, that's all we got this week. Uh, guys, anything else before we want to wrap up? Uh Man, I, I, yeah, I can't wait for this 10 o'clock start tomorrow, man. I don't know about you guys. Oh, I'm so pumped for it. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention, uh, good to have Michael K back. Uh, yeah. There was a story about him that he's a little bit worried that he might have to go back on the aisle, that maybe rush back too quick. You know, I think he's maybe he's just, you know, hopefully that's all in his head, right? I mean, I mean, it is scary for a guy, you know, who you, literally his voice is literally his career. His job, his yeah, voice, his talk. fucking career. It's, that's it. It's like if he got cleared, then it's really just a mental hurdle. Like right yeah, now. yeah. You're gonna be, you're gonna be scared about it. It's, mm-hmm. you know, his voice, it's his entire job. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But no, good, good to have the caster back, even though it seems like so many Yankee fans hate him. I'll never get that. But yeah, that, that's our show. Uh, Yankees are the best team in baseball. Yankees are in first place. Gio Urshela is good at baseball. Um, am, I, am I missing anything? Uh, I think that's it. Um, so yeah. for Luigi, uh, finally Gio. getting healthy. Hopefully, knock on wood. I'm literally knocking on every piece of wood I could find after you said that, G. Because, like, I right now, some Yankee out there somewhere just stepped on a banana peel, and it's just out for three weeks, you know. But that's just how it works. Someone has a voodoo doll, and it's just, you know, all year. I bet it's the Red Sox. Yeah. I mean, the Red Sox, they definitely haven't been paying attention to their own team, so that that sounds just (laughs) about right, Alex. Oh. Oh, man. Well, for Luigi, for Alex, for G, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, the 50th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. And we'll see you guys next time.